Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. We lost the Osprey extraction. We have the governor's daughter. I promised I would keep her safe. We have a militia group in close proximity. They will come for us. I don't know what this place is. No one here. Okay, but where did they go? Looks like the driver was cut up and dragged out. About what? He's torn to pieces. A lion got him. Some lions go rogue. She likes to kill. How do you know it's a she? Females are the true killers. If there's a recent trend I'm a fan of, it's actresses who are breaking the traditional mold they've been placed in. This often stems from their being pigeonholed by industry creatives and directors who see them only capable of facilitating a single type of role. Two examples of actresses who successfully continued to break their mold in 2020 were Kristen Stewart in Underwater and Betty Glippen in The Hunt. Two strong lead performances that further showed general audiences that these actresses are more than capable of shattering their twilight and glow personas in new and exciting ways. And I'm confident in adding Megan Fox's performance in 2020's action creature feature hybrid Rogue to this list. Written and directed by MJ Bassett and co-written by her daughter Isabel Bassett, Rogue, which is currently streaming on Hulu, is more than its VOD-looking exterior. Megan Fox stars as Samantha O'Hara, the leader of a mercenary squad sent in to extract hostages from a group of rebels. But when their extraction goes to shit, they're now on the run from both rebels and an escaped, pissed-off lioness who has their scent. Looking at it from afar, Rogue looks like some schlocky DirecTV trash, but I surprisingly enjoyed its off-kilter blending of competent action and creature feature carnage. I'm a sucker for creature features, but even with this bias, I was preparing myself for lackluster action and shaky camera galore. And to Bassett's credit, she largely avoids this and delivers a really strong action opening with entertaining gunfights later on, even if they don't necessarily stray all that far from what you might expect. The film opens with a compound siege that explodes into a multi-vehicle chase that ends with O'Hare's squad leaping off a cliff into a nearby river. While later scenes never quite reach this level of adrenaline pumping action, there are a few moments of exceptionally brutal close quarter moments which truly show off Megan Fox's underappreciated action chops. Fox holds her own as the lead of the film, displaying a no bullshit exterior with the fight and gunplay choreography to go along with it. She sells this character with a confidence that you'd expect out of a seasoned action star, being fully in her element in a way I hadn't seen her previously. If there was one recent role that shows her more than capable of shattering general audiences' perception of her as the Transformers girl, it'd be her performance in Rogue. As for the rest of her squad, there's a good variety of personalities and a good amount of ethnic representation to break the action movie trope of white action dude bro squad. I was surprised just how fun the squad's snappy banter was with one another, giving off the feeling as if they've been a unit for a while which provides a nice contrast between characters other than like one guy being the newbie, one guy being the veteran, which are all kind of standard action genre tropes. And while not all of their quips land, more often than not, they have their desired effect, which makes for some pretty entertaining conversations between them. Of the entire squad though, I'd say the biggest standout is Philip Winchester, whose bleak and cynical humor plays well against Fox's no bullshit attitude. 
There's also the reoccurring gag of him using the soothing medicinal remedy of singing Backstreet Boys to a wounded squad mate that made me laugh more than it should have. Hey, don't judge me too much. I would definitely like to see more out of him in the future, as he easily sells his humor-laced action ability. That said, the film's attempts to humanize these mercenaries and their jaded pasts never really worked for me. Whether it was due to the cliched nature of these moments that were supposed to be emotionally charged, or the actors' performances themselves. I always just wanted them to go back to bullshitting with one another or fighting off rebels. This lack of engagement extends to the film's primary antagonist, whose only defining trait is he wears a tracksuit while his soldiers wear traditional rebel garb. Stock standard bad guy stuff that, again, doesn't stray far from the action mold of the film, but it's competent enough. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leaving a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, which drives the show's success. And now, without further ado, let's get back to today's horrifying episode. Now, it's high time to dive into the creature feature aspect of the film. And I unfortunately have to start on a negative note, and it's my only real big grievance with the film, that being its lion CGI. The CGI in this movie is straight up bad. It just is. It's very comparable to the age-old adage, it looks like something you'd see on Sci-Fi Channel levels of bad. And that's a shame, because Bassett actually utilizes the creature feature angle really well in this, or at least better than you might expect. The middle act of the film shifts the tone to that of survival horror more than action. As the squad's ammo count runs dry, and they've outrun the rebels for now. As they take refuge in an abandoned poacher's camp, the night's darkness provides ample cover for the lioness to strike. The moments in which the lioness does strike are actually quite brutal and bring a satisfying level of creature feature carnage. I just wish it looked better. This fuels the tonal shift in an entertaining way, just long enough before the shooting starts again. I was also impressed by the scale of firefights and Bassett's ability to capture shootouts without an abundance of quick cuts that allow us to stay in the action for longer. Again, especially towards the end of the film, the firefights don't stray too far from the norm, but the presentation is of a higher quality than the film's direct-to-TV exterior would suggest it to have. And that's the best way to describe Rogue. It's able to step out of the shadow of its VOD nature and over-the-top premise into something that is more enjoyable than you'd expect. Given the abundance of schlocky creature features out there, Rogue's off-kilter blending of its competent action and gnarly creature kills allowed me to overlook its egregious CGI. The film also serves as a reminder not to pigeonhole big-name stars. While this isn't as transformative of a performance for Fox as, say, Charlize Theron in Mad Max Fury Road, it's an indication that Fox is more than ready for more action-focused roles. So, if you need something to unwind with one night, Rogue is definitely a fun action hybrid that is currently streaming on Hulu. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.